Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good. I am so glad you're here. Thanks for making time and making River Glen part of your weekend. I think this is going to be a historic weekend in the life of our uh, uh, church. Uh, here's how I want to begin. I want you to think about movie endings, all right? Great movie endings. Work with me on, on, on this. When you, you think about your favorite movies, you probably think about a movie that's got some kind of twist at the end, maybe a heroic comeback or a heroic battle or soft romantic ending or whatever it is, but it all comes together for this great ending, right? I think of TV shows, lots of TV series are doing this now, like, like Breaking Bad had a very powerful ending to it, or I think of movies like The Sixth Sense or Shawshank Redemption. Anybody see either of those movies? Yeah, powerful endings uh, with, with a surprising twist on the, uh, and another movie uh, with a great ending is uh, Titanic. That had a pretty good uh, ending to it. No, it didn't. No, I just see just seeing if you're with me on that one. Uh, but here's the reason I'm thinking about movie endings, because a, a friend of mine who knows a lot more about movies uh, than I do uh, told me how the best screenplays are written, and I found this fascinating. Here's what they do. They start with the end, okay? They figure out this great ending, and then they put together a story that builds up to that ending. They create characters and plot development that just flows right into that great ending. Ending, one of my favorite uh, movie endings of all time. This goes back a long time. You're going to think I'm really old, uh, but it's Rocky. Yeah, Rocky won uh, here. And uh, by the way, keep in mind, it won three Academy Awards. All right? But Rocky was the ultimate underdog who found himself in this fight with the heavyweight champion, Apollo Creed. And you're thinking to yourself, you're watching this, that Rocky has to win, but how? Can he win? And they end up going the distance and they battle to a split decision. And at the end, Rocky and Apollo have this exchange. Apollo says, there ain't going to be no rematch. And Rocky says, don't want one. And uh, you have to love it because the champ admits that this guy, everybody thought was a bum, hangs with him. And then at the end of the movie, you know, Rocky gets the girl, you know, yo, Adrian. You know, maybe you remember that line. And it was just a great ending. In fact, it was so great. Rocky II actually begins with the last scene from Rocky I. But that's another story. Here's the reason I'm asking you about endings. If your life was a movie, what would you want your final scene to be? And I'm not talking hypothetically. I mean, really, if your life is a movie and you begin with the end and everything flows out of that great ending backwards, what would you want that final scene to be? Because before we finish today, I'm going to suggest to you the best possible scene for the ending of your life, and it comes right out of the Bible. Hold on to that, all right? Well, I think today's going to be one of those rare chances to literally script an heroic moment into your life that'll be remembered, not just in your life, but for all eternity. Today, we're going to do something we've never done before, and I'm really excited about this, and I hope you are too. We're calling it our big offering giveaway. About a year ago, our leaders sense God leading us to just take a weekend and just give away the entire offering to help people as a demonstration of God's love. Today we're concluding this series. It's called Love Can. And we've been talking about passages in the Bible that uh, teach us how God's love can be a game changer and transform every aspect of our lives. And today we're looking at the big one, the most famous verse, not just about God's love, but I think the most famous verse in the entire Bible. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, many of us have probably heard this verse, you know, uh, before. It can become familiar to us, but think about something. In the first century, when people heard this teaching, it blew their minds. 
Because in the first century, they believed in many gods, okay? Think of Greek mythology. And the gods didn't love. The gods used them. The people, they would say that the gods played and the people paid. And so this idea that God loves the world, that God loves people, this was new and revolutionary. It blew their minds. This was good news, and it gets even better. It says, because God loved the world, he gave. God gave his best. God carried out the most generous act in all of history. God gave himself through his son, Jesus, so that he could have a personal relationship with each and every one of us, now and forever. And that's why God's love can change the world. Now, I think it helps us to maybe look at the world uh, that God loves and, and try to see it the way that God does. And to help us with this, we put 100 dots on the uh, message outline. So would you go ahead and just take that out for a moment? And if you have a pen or a pencil nearby, take that out uh, as well. The idea is, if the whole world, you know, were 100 people, the world that God uh, loves, this will help us get a handle on it, if the whole world were 100 people and you break it down, 67 out of that 100 would be far from God, okay? 67 out of 100 people don't know Jesus Christ. And let's, let's, let's remember, a person's forever is determined by their relationship with Jesus. 67 out of 100. So would you go ahead with your pen and circle 67 out of 100 dots? And then if the whole world were 100 people, 20 of those people live in extreme poverty, we're talking you know, malnutrition, chronic malnutrition, lack of education, so they're, they're not able to read. They, that means substandard housing. And most of those 20 out of the 100 are children. And so go ahead and circle 20 more dots. 67 out of 100, far from God, 20 out of 100 suffer in extreme poverty. It's a sobering reality, but here's the good news today. God's love compels us to reach out and help the 67 and the 20. And that's what today is about, bringing God's love to the 67 and the 20. And so I wanna go ahead and tell you about the three missions that are gonna receive today's offering. And, I'm, and, and we mean it, everything in the offering, uh, electronically, that comes in electronically or comes in the uh, containers later on in the service, every penny of it is gonna go to help the 67 and the 20. The first mission is located in the slums of Nairobi, Kenya, and this is one of the poorest places in all the earth. 40% of the people have HIV, HIV positive, and they lack health care and medication and nutrition and really any sense of hope. And most of these uh, people living in the slums of Nairobi are part of the 67 and the 20. And so back in 2009, some of you remember River Glen, we decided we're going to do something about this. And so in partnership with Mission of Hope, we helped start a new school for children in a slum community called Baba Indogo. Many of you sponsor kids that it allows them to attend this school and learn about Jesus. Our family, we sponsor a little boy named James. And he writes us letters several times a year thanking us for the sponsorship and, and for the school. And it just warms our heart. And then in 2012, some of you remember, we helped them expand. You know, the school went up to about here, and we helped them expand upper levels of it to meet the growing needs of the uh, school. Well, take a look, because now we have a, an update. Hi, River Glen uh, Christian Church. Uh, my name is Kiyoko. I'm the center manager of the Babandogo School, and... Uh, I'm very grateful for your partnership with us that has, seen, uh, that has lasted for the last six years. You are wonderful friends and thank you for the difference uh, 
that you are making, the lives of the children that you support, and uh, the community as a whole. I'm very excited to be bringing you uh, these uh, few updates on the Babandogo School. We currently have uh, 650 children from nursery, that is the entry point, up to grade 7. This number of children is taken care of by 39 members of staff. We are doing very well. Um, we compete with the best in missions of all, and uh, that's something we are very proud of. God has been very faithful. We have a, a very wonderful building. Of course, that has been possible through partnership of like-minded people like you. And uh, thank you, thank you for uh, working with us up to this far. Now, one of the uh, news I'm most excited about is uh, we are setting up a class for students with uh, special needs in the coming year. Children with special needs have always been locked up in houses. So let's see, let's see how this goes. And I think this is an area you need to note and um, pray about. It will be exciting to see uh, some of you come to visit us. I know it's not asking for too much to send a team probably in the coming year to come and be with us because we have missed you. Quite a number of years we haven't seen uh, anything from you and uh, it will be exciting to come and visit us and work with us in the coming year. So God bless you and God increase you in your ministry and uh, uh, we'll be glad to see you soon. Thank you. Yeah, we'd love to send a team over there in the future, but uh, next weekend, they're coming here. Wallace and Mary Camow, the founders and leaders of Mission Hope, are going to be here for an interview, and uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, they're going to tell us all about Mission of Hope and, and give us an update. Their, their schools are thriving, um, over 13,000 kids. When we first started partnering with them, there was about 2,000, now over 13,000 kids involved in their schools. And over 650 in the school in Baba and Dogo that we help uh, sponsor. So they're just thriving. But here's what they need. They need office equipment and computers for the school in Baba and Dogo. And a new church has also started that meets at the school. And it's growing and thriving. And they need chairs. And uh, they need support for the, for the pastor. So this is a great opportunity for River Glen to be the love, to be God's love to the 67 and the 20. That's the first mission. All right, we've got some more opportunities closer to home. A lot of needs nearby, uh, especially in Milwaukee County. I don't know if you realize this, but did you know that Milwaukee is the fourth poorest city in the country? Did you know that Wisconsin is in the top 10 unchurched states in America? And probably the greatest number of unchurched live in Milwaukee County. And that's why River Glen reaches out to Milwaukee through the bread of healing to provide food and Habitat for Humanity to provide housing. That's why last year we helped plant a new church in the city of Milwaukee called Ethnos Church. River Glen's always been a church planting church. We got started way back in 2006 with the Ridge. Pastor Mark White, we sent about 50 people with him to plant the Ridge Community Church. A couple of years ago, they bought the Walmart building on Highway 100. It was the busiest Walmart in Wisconsin. They built a new one nearby, and the Ridge bought this building. 
It's an amazing facility. And they're about the, almost the size of River Glen. And they're one of the fastest growing churches in Milwaukee County. The Ridge has done so well. In 2010, we set this goal. And we said, let's do five new church locations in the next 10 years. And so in 2011, we, we helped launch Legacy. Jared Walker and his team doing a great job. 2012, Lake Point Church with Brian Hofmeister. They're getting ready to move into a strip mall. They purchased a strip mall in Muskego. And then down here in Ecuador, we partnered with Compassion and gave $40,000. And they were able to build a church building and hire a pastor, a new church in a, in a poverty-stricken area in South America, in Ecuador. And then last year, Ethnos uh, Church in uh, Milwaukee. And to give you an idea of the impact, when you add up River Glen and all these churches that we've helped start, Last Easter, just under 5,000 people gathered together to celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm excited today because we're ahead of schedule and we're ready to announce number five in the uh, five and 10 goal. And the new church is going to be called City of Light Church. And I'm really excited because we've got the lead planter, the pastor of the new church, Brian McKee, with us. I'm going to invite Brian. Why don't you come on up here? Let's welcome uh, Brian uh, McKee. Yeah. Hey, Pastor Welcome, Brian. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Brian and his team are targeting uh, Wauwatosa to launch public services a year from now, in the fall yeah. of 2016. And Brian, tell us why you picked Wauwatosa. Great question. So about a year ago, uh, the Lord really put a, a passion and drive in our hearts uh, to see racial reconciliation really done in a life-giving way in the Wauwatosa and Milwaukee area. And so when the Lord did that, my wife and I, we began to pray. And so we prayed and asked God, where should we go? What should be the area that, that we target that would be uh, the most effective in helping to see uh, the gospel really inform uh, racial reconciliation and be effective in an area? And so as we began to pray, I kept seeing a uh, particular school that's in, in the area where we'll be at, actually, the, in the 53222 zip code. And so this particular school is called the Milwaukee School of Languages. And so I, was, I began to think, okay, God, what are you saying here? So racial reconciliation and then that name of uh, the school that we're familiar with called the Milwaukee School of Languages. And so then it, it just kind of got me to thinking about Acts chapter 2. And so we know in Acts chapter 2, this is after uh, Jesus' ascension, and uh, he told the, the disciples to go and pray because they would be uh, given power and power to, to witness to the whole world. And so that 120 individuals, as they began to pray, uh, the Holy Spirit fell, and they began to speak with new tongues and speak with new languages, languages actually that other people that were in that same area during that time were able to understand because they were coming from all different parts of the, the country and, and area during that time. And so one person standing would be able to, to understand someone else that was of a, a different experience but was speaking their language. And then that person could hear someone else standing next to them uh, speak a different language which they understood. And so it was just so much power there, so much power, that uh, after that period, 
uh, we know that the Apostle Peter was able to minister and 3,000 people uh, gave their lives to Jesus during that experience. And so then we, we fast forward and as God was kind of laying that, that thing on our hearts, just thinking about how great of an experience that would be to have in Milwaukee, and we know that in Milwaukee, it's actually the most segregated city and most segregated area, greater Milwaukee, uh, the most segregated area in the United States. And so how could we use the gospel to actually help bring a life-giving message to people in the area and then also help uh, people that are of different backgrounds, different experiences come together? And so, and that's, uh, as we were praying that out, that's how we landed on the Wauwatosa area, because Wauwatosa actually is one of the most uh, diverse areas in in Wisconsin, in the state. So it's about 52 on the diversity uh, index in Wisconsin. And so how great of an area to be able to to give the gospel to people there and uh, help them to just grow and love one another in an authentic way and a life-giving way. Yeah, so, great yeah. location for this vision, for carrying out this vision that God's given you for the uh, new church. Brian, you're, you grew up in Milwaukee. I've heard mm-hmm. you share your personal story. How do you think your personal story is going to shape the new church? Awesome. And so uh, my wife and I, we actually grew up in some of the, the poor areas in, uh, in Milwaukee. And so through the grace of God, through some mentors and just really the, the, the hand of God on our lives, uh, I was able to go to UW-Madison. And so when I went to uh, UW-Madison, go Badgers, uh, I was able to uh, connect with Campus Crusade for Christ. And so uh, in Madison, I was able to uh, help lead the student evangelism team there with Campus Crusade for Christ, sang a little bit on the, uh, their, their worship teams and everything. But uh, just the experiences that we had there were just absolutely amazing because you had a diverse community of people, people coming from all around the world that we're able to share love in an authentic way and share Christ together. And so because there was so much healing that took place there in UW-Madison in that environment, we came back home and said, this, it's, it's such of a stark difference to what we experienced in college. How could we bring that, that to the city? Because we know that there's the opportunity for so much healing to, to take place. And so, you know, we got caught up in, in life. You know, I, uh, I youth pastored for several years and was on the pastoral team for, for a campus church in, uh, in, in Milwaukee and, you know, raising a family and at the same time uh, being in information technology and cybersecurity. So th- those things will kind of keep you busy, you know. And uh, just about a year ago, as I mentioned, uh, the Lord really just started pressing upon our hearts to do something. You know, he had put this vision in our hearts way back when in college, but now something had to be done. You know, something had to be done in the, in the city and in the area. And so uh, we said, yes, God, and uh, we began to launch. And so that's how, uh, how our personal experience actually helped to, to, to touch the, the vision and help shape the vision of the church. So you got about 12 months between now and the grand opening of the, of the City of Light uh, Church. Tell us about your plan. What's the next 12 months going to look like? Awesome. And so uh, we've actually already been a part of some, some outreach efforts in the city. So that for the last several months, we've been in various areas in the, in the city just simply picking up paper 
in connecting with families. And so it's strategic, though, because as you're doing that consistently, you know, you have the opportunity to, uh, to talk with individuals and to learn what their needs are and where their heart really is. And so we've had the chance to really build some great relationships with some families in the greater Milwaukee area. So we'll be continuing to do that over these next 12 months. And then actually over the next two weeks, I'll be starting a residency uh, with the Ridge Community Church uh, until December. And so after that time, we'll, we're continuing to recruit individuals as well. So individuals from the worship team to actually help serve in, in outreach and just in various areas to really bring the, uh, uh, an experience that is so diverse, so cultural, that, uh, that we will bring healing to uh, the Wauwatosa in Milwaukee area. Yeah. It's exciting. Brian's going to be out in the lobby at the Resource Center after the service, and maybe some of you are from Wauwatosa, or maybe you know somebody from that area that might be interested in his new church. He'd love to meet you and, and uh, talk with you. I want to say a prayer. Let me pray for you, Brian. Definitely. God, thanks for Brian. Thanks for his team, his family. God, I just want to lift him, him up and pray that you'll bless him. Pray for City of Light to make a huge impact in Wauwatosa and Milwaukee. Pray for, for, for you to use Brian to help many people find and, and follow you. And God, thank you for the opportunity for allowing River Glen to partner uh, with, with Brian. And uh, we lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, man. Thanks so much, yeah, Pastor. Really appreciate it. So the first mission is in the slums of Nairobi, and then second one's a new church in Wauwatosa, and then third is even closer. In partnership with Habitat for Humanity, we want to sponsor a new home, construction of a new home in the city of Waukesha for a low-income family. Take a look. Hi, my name is Diane McGee, and I'm the executive director with Habitat for Humanity of Waukesha County. Uh, Habitat for Humanity is part of an international organization. Uh, The mission statement for Habitat for Humanity is putting God's love into action. What we do is we help people who otherwise couldn't afford a home of their own get into a home. And we've had the opportunity here in Waukesha to really ramp up that effort. The city of Waukesha took a property in um, Waukesha on West Avenue where the YWCA was and they turned it into a subdivision that was just for low and moderate income people. So behind me are are four units and across the street are two other units and I'm standing where two more units are going to go. We're really excited to be helping people get into homes here in Waukesha. Habitat for Humanity puts God's love into action to build homes. That's what we're going to do here. It builds community and it builds hope. The way it builds community is we're putting a family here that otherwise wouldn't have had a home of their own. That family is moving into this property and now those children have a home that is theirs. They have a bedroom that is theirs. They have a park that is theirs. They have a school that is theirs. They throw roots down there. Their parents become part of this community. But not only that, every single piece of construction material that goes into the house is touched by the hands of a volunteer. And those volunteers are doing it because they care. And that's what we do is we help build communities shoulder to shoulder. The bank president along with the secretary are on our job sites getting their hands dirty, helping people into homes of their own. And it builds hope because hope is something that a lot of families have lost hope that they could ever own a home of their own. And that's what we do. We help them 
get into a home and, and there's hope there. When people volunteer to come on a Habitat Build site, it's usually a meaningful experience. They walk away and they learn a new skill. It's a community um, effort, so volunteering on a Habitat job site is really a great experience. So I would ask River Glen or any church, um, first of all, pray for the family that's going to get the house. They're in a huge transition in their life and it's a good thing, but it doesn't come without its challenges. Our families are all coming from very needy situations. Their, their living situations are bad. So pray for the family. We may not have picked the family for this house yet. Pray that we have wisdom and discernment in picking the right family. And I can tell you that their life is profoundly changed when they get a Habitat home. And so pray for that whole process, that God would move in the lives of that family and, and, and touch them in, in huge ways. Uh, River Glen, I want to thank you for even considering a partnership with Habitat for Humanity. We can't do this alone. We have a small staff and we just, we need the community to come forward and do this. We make a difference in somebody's life. So thank you. Thank you for thinking of, this, of us. And thank you for thinking of partnering with us. You're going to see God move in ways that will knock your socks off because love can make a difference. It will here, I promise you. Yeah. Really exciting, isn't it? And they shot that video on the lot where the new home is going to get built. It's a little warmer, you know, that day, sun shining. But uh, that was it. And uh, we're going to send money, and uh, we're also going to send uh, volunteers to build this home for a family that needs help. And so this weekend, we're giving away our offering, every penny, to these three uh, missions. And our goal, we've got a big goal, is $75,000. And that's a stretch for us. That's almost, that's almost double our average offering. But I believe we can do it. I really do. And, uh, it, you know, if we exceed the goal, that'd be great because we'd love to do even more for the 67 and the uh, 20. Last night, one of our staff was really excited. She came up to me with a, a little bag of money and she told me that the uh, first through third grade class, usually for the whole weekend, gives maybe 75 cents or a dollar. Uh, for their class offering, and last night they gave $17.60. And so the, the kids are setting the pace. Yep. Kids are getting it, and uh, uh, we're off to a good start. All right, let's go back to the final scene of your life, because we said there's going to be moments that lead up to that closing uh, scene. And I think this big offering giveaway is one of those key moments. Now, here's what I want to suggest. I think the best possible final scene to your life comes right out of the Bible, Matthew 25, 21. I want you to imagine coming to the end of your life and hearing God speak these words to you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Imagine hearing God say that to you at the end of, of your life. Now, so some of you, maybe you're going, well, you know, I get how that's important, but you know, the word good has a wide range of meaning, okay? I mean, if you ask me how was the movie and I said it was good, I mean, that means, you know, decent, you know, it was okay. But if I want something stronger and more positive, I say that movie was amazing. The movie was awesome, but I wouldn't say good. I mean, good doesn't sound like that big of a deal to us. And so sometimes when we hear that God's gonna say good and faithful servant, that seems average, you know, that doesn't really wow us. But we don't understand how huge the word good is coming from God. Think about this. In the beginning 
way back in, in Genesis chapters one and two, when God created everything, each day he created something, the land, the sea, and he would step back and he would look at it. And what would he say? Good. He said, it is good. And he said, good, again and again and again. See, when God uses the word good, he means this is just the way that I intended it to be. Back then, everything was perfect, just the way God meant for it to be. So when God says good, this is a huge compliment. I mean, think about when God created the Grand Canyon, how unbelievable and majestic it is. God looked at it and said, this is good. When God created the Rocky Mountains, here's how he described them. These are good. And so when God looks at your life and says good, he means you're just as I intended you to be. That's about as high of a compliment as you can ever uh, get. And imagine him saying that at the end of your life. And then God says, faithful, good and faithful. And you might think, faithful, well, you know, I guess that's good, you know, to be, to be faithful, right? Say you ask my wife, Marnie, hey, tell me about your husband, Ben. And she said, oh, oh he's faithful. I mean, what are you thinking? You know, okay, he sounds like a dog, right? He's faithful, right? Or, you know, maybe you're thinking, well, at least he doesn't cheat on her, right? You know, he's faithful. We set the bar kind of low, don't we? I mean, faithful employees are good. You know, you need faithful employees, but... You know, faithful employees don't usually end up being the, the CEO. See, we, we, we don't understand this word either. When God says faithful, here's what the word actually means. You have done what I entrusted you to do. You have a mission in life, and you've accomplished it. It's like getting a report card, and if God says faithful, that's not a B or a B plus or an A minus. That's an A plus. And so imagine getting to the end of your life and hearing God say, you are good. You were faithful. That's a big, big deal. Now, some of us were thinking, that'd be great, but the truth is, I'm not that good. I'm not the way God intended me to be all the time. And when it comes to faithful, I'm not sure I've done all the things God wanted me to do or entrusted me to do. So how am I going to get to the end of my life and hear God say, good and faithful? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I think I got an answer for you. Check out this verse from Philippians chapter 1 where it says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. There's those two words again, good and faithful. But this time, the focus isn't on you and me. The focus is on God. God is the one who will start and complete the good and faithful work in your life. And that can give you confidence. Now, follow me on this. Here's what this means. This means God will give us the directions and make sure that when we get to the end of our lives, we've been good and faithful. And so if you truly decide this is the ending, the final scene that you want, it can happen. Because what God says here is, I will give you direction. And if you follow my direction, even when you mess up and make, my, make mistakes, if you follow my direction, I'll take your mess and I'll make it good just the way I intended it to be. And even if you've been off mission for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, if you will take my direction, I'll redirect your life and I'll say that you've done exactly what I wanted you to do. Mission accomplished, A, A plus. You were good and you were faithful. It's like our life is a movie and uh, you know, God has this screenplay and God is the director, okay? And you and I, we're the actors. Think about this. Every great movie, all of them had directors that are unseen. And they would give the actors cues. They would feed them lines. They would tell them, you know, where to stand and when to enter and when to exit. And great actors take their talents and gifts and allow themselves 
to be guided by the director. And so God has a script that he wants to play out in your life, and you will have a great and heroic ending. But the only question is, will we follow what the director tells us to do? And I feel like today is one of those key moments in our lives. And so I wanna give you two challenges, all right? First challenge, I wanna encourage everybody to participate in the big offering giveaway. And I'm not asking for me, I don't get any of this. I have no advantage in this. I just really believe in these three missions. And I wanna encourage you to participate so that we can celebrate together what God does through them in the future. I just found out from our uh, finance team that just over the last four weeks, we have had 10 families or uh, individuals give for the first time. And we, we celebrate that. And uh, you know maybe some of you will give today for the first time. And we celebrate because that's not just a financial step. That's a spiritual step. All right, here's the second challenge. I want to encourage you to give today as God leads you, as God directs you. I don't know, maybe you walked in today, maybe you had a number, you know, in your mind that you were going to do, and, uh, you know, sometimes what God will do, he'll nudge us to, to increase it, to maybe double it, maybe add a zero on the end of it. You do whatever God leads you to do, and uh, you won't regret it, because it'll be good, and it'll be faithful. And I want you to know, Marnie and I, and several people I talked with, we're jumping in, and, and we're giving our largest offering of the year. And we hope you will, uh, uh, too. We just feel so excited about the school, you know, that we helped start in the slums of Kenya. It's grown to over 650 students. And now uh, a church is, is thriving and growing uh, as part of that school. And we're excited about the impact we're making through church planting. I can't wait to see Brian's new church up and going in Wauwatosa. That's exciting. And we're excited to sponsor a new home right here in, in Waukesha. Isn't it gonna be great to, to see that house and provided, provided for a, a family uh, that needs help? We just believe that this is a great opportunity to be God's love, to be his love to the 67 and the 20. Now there's a couple ways that you can give today. You can use the offering envelope in the chair back in front of you. You can also give electronically before midnight tonight. There's instructions on that envelope how to do that. It's so simple. You can actually give electronically during the service if you would like. Or you can go to the information center in the lobby and there's a computer there and if you have questions, they can help you. So here's how we're gonna do it. I'm gonna pray and during the next song, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna have communion and offering, okay? We're gonna, it's a little different. We're gonna do them together. We've got several stations uh, around the room that we're going to set up. We're going to have four on the front of the stage and then three at the back of the lower level and then two up top in the back of the mezzanine where you can go during this next song and pick up your communion cup and give your offering. And I want you to think about it this way. Communion represents God's love to us, right? The bread represents Christ's body. The juice represents Christ's blood. And communion is about receiving that love taking it, it, it in. And then next to the communion trays, uh, there's a crate that says love can, where you can give your offering. And I want you to think of the offering as God's love flowing through you, okay? Communion is God's love to you, and then offering God's love flowing through you to help the 67 
and the 20. And so I'm going to pray, and during this next song, you can just get up, make your way to one of these stations, and pick up your communion cups. Pick up your communion cup, and our communion is open to anyone who receives the love of, of, of God through Jesus in their life. And right next to the communion trays, you can give your offering in the crate that says, love can. And then return to your seat with your communion cups. And uh, when you're ready, just go ahead and eat the bread and drink the juice to remember that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for loving us by giving your best, by giving your son, so that each one of us can have a relationship with you now and forever. God, would you, would you help us in these next few moments to remember your love and to feel your love as we share communion? And God, thank you for this, this unique opportunity this weekend to allow your love to flow through us, to bring good news to the 67 and the 20. And God, I wanna, I wanna lift up each of these projects that we're, that we're giving this offering to, and, and I pray for you to, to bless and strengthen, use this offering to bless and strengthen and grow the school and the church in Nairobi, Kenya. And God, use this offering to plant a new church in Wauwatosa and to build a new house in Waukesha. God, we wanna, we wanna be your love we want to be the love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.